Thank you, guys. We appreciate that. Do you have your Bibles here today? All right, good. I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Mark, the book of Mark chapter 35 today. And if you don't have your Bibles, we will do our best to put them on the screen. Uh, because we had some computer issues, we had to kind of scramble. And, uh, and, and so the uh, version of, of the scriptures that are going to be on the screen, uh, they were Spanish. And uh, <laughs> man, yeah. And uh, by looking at me, you could probably tell that the extent of my Spanish is burrito and taco. And that's about it. So we would have been lost. But thankfully, I found an English version uh, on there. <laughs> so we'll try to keep everybody on the same page here today. Uh, the title of my message today is Surviving in the Storm. Surviving in the Storm. We're in Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 35 today. Surviving in the Storm. Now, the truth of the matter is, for all of us, and a lot of times we don't want to admit it, and a lot of times we don't want to accept it, but the truth of the matter is that difficult times and crisis times and tough times, uh, those are a reality for all of us, whether we are followers of Jesus or not. Can we say amen? And so those things are going to take place. Uh, we're we're going to have those storms in our lives. The question is, how do we respond to those storms? And also the question is, what is Jesus' perspective while we're going through some of the storms that we face in our lives? Now, for some of us, the storms that we face, and as we scan through the crowd here today, uh, your storm might look different than my storm. Uh, your difficult time might be way different than my difficult time. And your challenge might be way different than my challenge. Yet, they're all storms. And we're all facing these crisis moments, and they will vary from person to person, and they will vary from family to family. Uh, and I think that today it would be healthy for us to understand that, number one, it is a terrible belief and it's terrible theology to believe that if you are a child of God, you will never have any troubles. Okay? I think most of us are living proof now that that is a false doctrine. Don't even, don't even dignify that by calling it a doctrine. That's just, a, that's just false belief. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. And so, how do we deal with that? And... and and how do we process that? Because I've, I've met a lot of people who are following Christ and, and, and trouble comes, the storm kind of swoops in on us, maybe totally unexpectedly and it takes place and we're like, okay, how do I process this? And I want to talk about that today. And my, my goal is, number one, if Jesus can calm your storm, great. But even if you're in that in-between time where you're getting a little bit wet to the point where Jesus says, peace be still, I want us to process that correctly because this is, this is where the damage often takes place in a lot of lives. We don't process our storms well spiritually. Let me say that again. Oftentimes we don't process our storms correctly. And I want to give you some tools or at least see some examples here from the Scripture in order to do that. So if you're able to, will you stand with me in honor of God's word? 
And in English, we're going to read these scriptures here today. I don't even know what the HCSB is, so, uh, but I'm sure it's good. Uh, but here we go. Uh, on that day, when evening had come, he told them, that's Jesus, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd and took him along. He was already in the boat, and uh, they took him along since he was already in the boat, and other boats were with him. Verse 37 says, A fierce windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? What a powerful prayer. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, silence, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, to them, why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? Then the story closes where they were terrified and they asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Let's talk about how we survive the storms. God, I ask you that your word would come alive in our hearts now, come alive in our minds, our spirits, wherever it needs to come alive. And God, I ask you that you would speak to your people today. God, we commit these next few moments that everyone under the sound of of this message would be touched by you. And we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Ah, surviving the storms. This is a fun topic, isn't it? All right? Again, the reality is we're all going to face them. And the reality is that my storm will look different than yours, and your storm will look different than mine, but how do we, how do we deal with these storms? How do we process that? What do we do with, with all of this? Uh, I want to show you some important parts of this story that I think will be helpful to us today. You ready? Let's start with number one. Let's look at the passengers in this story. Specifically, I want to look at the disciples for a second. Let's take a look at the passengers. Now, let me read these two verses the way I have them in my notes. Uh, And listen to this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. So, Let's, let's make some things clear, okay? Now, we know that the disciples go through a storm. We know, and we'll get into the storm in just a little bit. We know that they're going through a tough time, all right? But let me make some things clear that will be helpful for us to keep in mind every time we go through a storm. Did the disciples do something sinful? That's a good point to say no, right? Absolutely not. In fact, they did everything Jesus told them to do. Jesus said, guys, let's go into the boat. Let's go to the other side. The disciples obeyed what Jesus said. They went into the boat. So nowhere do I see that the disciples did anything wrong. There was no sin issue involved. In fact, there was not a past sin 
that brought about this storm. They all did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Why is this important? I don't know about you, but you ever go through that, uh, <laughs> you ever go through that, that kind of self-survey when a storm comes, when a crisis comes, and, and it's like, uh-oh, what'd I do? What'd I do? What'd I do? Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. That, that, uh, the, the checking account's low. What, what, okay, God, what did I do? What are you, what are you getting me back for? <laughs> And sometimes our picture of God, and I'll talk about our concept of Jesus in just a little bit, but sometimes our concept of Jesus gets so slanted when the storms come. So let me just clear something up right now, okay? Just because you go through hard times does not mean it's a result of you failing some way spiritually. Just because you've gone, because you're going through something now, that does not mean that the Lord is getting you back for something you did years ago. In fact, let me be a little strong with you here today, okay? If that is your position, if you, and, and I mean, God, I asked you for forgiveness, but why are you getting back at me for? And, and some people are convinced that that's the way God acts. And do you know what you've done? You have made your sin, your past, stronger than the cross of Jesus. And there is no sin in this room, rep- represented in this room, that's stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ. And so if, if we're thinking that we are the exception to, to the grace that God extends to the rest of humanity, then, be quite honest with you, we kind of need to get over ourselves. You're just not that strong that you can overpower the blood of Christ. Now, sure, are there consequences to our sins sometimes? Sure. If you rob a bank, okay, and you get arrested... And you go to jail, okay? Don't be standing there in jail saying, I can't believe God put me in prison. I can't believe he did this. Okay, so sometimes there are consequences that we have to flesh out. But listen to me. God is even greater than the consequences. I just had a buddy of mine get out of jail. How many of you can say that? I did. Had a buddy of mine who just got out of prison this past weekend. Here's the amazing thing. And, 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 Lots of different opinions as to why he was in there. I'm not going to get into that. But you know that God turned that situation into something amazing where he personally led so many other inmates to Jesus Christ while, <laughs> while he was in the prison. He got his ministry degree and, and this guy became a, a, a preacher, a prison preacher, if you will. God took his circumstances and used them for the good. And I just want you to know, folks, that God can take whatever mistakes you have made and he can still turn those things around for good. We may not know why at first. In fact, I, I said this in, in one of our uh, five minutes with Phil coming up this week when I recorded. I said, every bad moment is just the introduction to a great ending. Every bad beginning is just warming you up for a great ending. And so when the storm comes, and sure, I'm not calling you to be flaky. 
You know, if you get diagnosed with disease, hallelujah. I can't wait to see what cancer does. You know, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking to be weird. You, you are peculiar people, but that doesn't mean we're weird people. Amen. But the Lord, the Lord has a plan. The Lord has a plan. And stop thinking that you are somehow getting punished because of something you did. The disciples, all they did, all they did was obey the Lord. Secondly today, not only do I want to take a look at the passengers, but I want to take a look at the problem. I want to take a look at the problem that they faced. Listen to verse 40, uh, I'm sorry, 37. Verse 37 says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Hmm. Now, if we look closely at this storm, we're going we're gonna to realize that this really is not unlike some of the battles and the crisis and the difficult times that we face in our lives. See, because this storm was fast, it was furious. I almost called this sermon Fast and Furious, but uh, <laughs> there's been like 20 of those movies, so I thought, never mind. Why didn't I stop with one? It was, it was fast, it was furious, and it was nearly fatal. When, when they were in, in that body of water where, where Jesus had them go on, because of the situation, I told our Wednesday night crowd this, because of the positioning of the, of the land, oftentimes, even experienced fishermen would not see the storm coming. And in fact, they would come furiously and instantaneously out of nowhere. And we had some guys that were experienced boat people, fishermen, who were scared to death. And I'm looking at some Christ followers in this place. I'm looking to some people who are trying to follow Jesus as best as they can. And sometimes those battles and sometimes those moments and sometimes those storms, they come when you least expect it. You didn't see it coming and it is a doozy. It's a doozy. In Illinois, it's a big tornado country there. Y'all afraid of tornadoes in Ohio. <laughs> We called that Tuesday night, is what we called that. <laughs> Tornado siren. We get our lawn chairs, we're sitting on the porch. Hey, can you see the funnel? I mean, we're just, we're just weird. It probably explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> right? But, but do you ever see the devastation that one of those storms will cause? I mean, it's just incredible. And so today, I, I, I am not going to belittle anyone's storm here today, anyone's problem here today, it may be very serious. It may seem like that there is not much of an answer. In fact, you might think that you're not going to be able to make it through this, but I just want to tell someone here today that if you'll just hang on, and if you'll just trust the Lord, He's going to speak peace into your situation. And those winds will come down, and those waves will calm down. And it might seem difficult for you now, but God still has you. Can you say amen? They had a very real issue. They had a very real problem. And that might be much like some of us here today. And that leads me to number three. 
We've seen the passengers and we've seen their problem, the storm, but take a look at their protector. Their protector was in the boat. Can we say amen? Did their protector leave? No. Their protector was in the boat. Now, about that, about Jesus being in the boat, my picture of Jesus, whenever I'm going through a storm, is for him to be kind of standing at the stern. You know, like the paintings, which camera? Here we go. Like the paintings that we see in the Christian bookstore, you know, and the spotlight from heaven kind of shining on his head and, and and, and he is getting ready to calm that baby down. But, but may I could, <laughs> uh, could I, could I show you what Jesus was doing? Oh, oh spoiler, hello. <laughs> yeah, listen to verse 30, 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. First of all, can we just say, was anybody a harder sleeper than Jesus? Wow. Wow. You know, the cat walks in the other room, and I'm like, oh, who's that? You know, and, and I mean, unbelievable. But I, I, I promise you, at, at this moment in the disciples' life, the last picture that they had of Jesus He's taking a nap. We're dying here, and he's sleeping. Jesus, shouldn't you be doing something else right now? Ooh, have you ever asked that question? You ever thought that? Have you ever... Uh, you ever been going through a storm? <clears throat> Excuse the throat. You ever been going through a storm and, 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 and you're getting a little wet and it's a little bit scary and you're not sure what the outcome's going to be and, and, and it just seems that Jesus isn't really doing his thing. He's not really acting in the way that I would like for him to act. I mean, nobody prays this prayer, Lord, please fall asleep on my problem. Amen. Well, I will say this. I will say this. Jesus was not in the least bit stressed out about what was stressing them out. And Jesus is not in the least bit stressed out about what stresses you out. You might be panicking, but Jesus is completely calm. Should I say that again? We might be panicking, but Jesus is completely calm. But we get this idea, it's like, okay, Lord, I've got it in my head how you should be acting. Why aren't you not fitting my picture? And for a lot of people, that is enough to stop following the Lord altogether. God, you should have done this. I shouldn't have got wet. I shouldn't have got so scared. 
And, and we, we kind of walk away with our clothes still wet and with all the memories of that fear. And we, we never allow him to really speak peace into our storm because we have never been able to negotiate just how difficult it has been to try to figure out the picture of Jesus that we have in our head not matching what he's actually doing. And for many, that's a hurdle that we can never jump over. But let me say this. Jesus might have been sleeping in the boat, but he was not disengaged from the disciples. Jesus, hear me. Jesus is not disengaged by, from what you're going through. He's never disengaged from the storm. He's never like, nah, we're cool. Good luck. I got other things to worry about. Nope. Nope. He's engaged. He cares. And he's calm. And I'm glad I don't have a Lord that's having to call some emergency meeting with his top angels to figure out how to handle this hot mess that is Phil Anderson. But God knows his plan. Even before the storm hit, I believe Jesus had his plan. And even before the crisis hits me, Jesus has the plan. Jesus knows what he's going to do, and I can trust him. Somebody say amen to that. Fourthly, fourthly, I can't skip over this. Fourthly, take a look at this faith-filled, incredible prayer that the disciples prayed. Oh, it's powerful. I mean, this is good stuff. Verse 38, the disciples woke him, the scripture says, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Can you imagine if it was prayer time? <laughs> okay, you know, I, I, I hop on the stage after we sing our last song, and I'm here to lead you in prayer on a Sunday. How horrified would you be if I got up and said, let's pray, Jesus, don't you even care about these people? I mean, Seriously. Talk, talk about a gut-level honest prayer that you will not find in any prayer book. You will not find anybody instructing you to question. Uh, getting ready for this? They literally questioned whether Jesus even cared about them. And let's remind ourselves that these were 12 guys who were closer to Jesus than anybody else. They saw the miracles. They heard the teaching. They heard the preaching. They had the one-on-one times or the one-on-twelve times with Jesus. They had those moments with him. But it was at that moment where things were looking so bleak, they even went as far as to say to Jesus, don't you care? And maybe some of us have found ourselves at times, we never want to admit this, but we have found ourselves even questioning whether Jesus even cares about us or the situation that we are in. And if you've ever done that, I've got such great news for you. That is not an automatic disqualification from getting your prayer answered from Jesus. I'm so glad. Oh, thank you. It was that bad, right? Yeah, thank you. It... it <laughs> 
excuse me, this is, this is live stream 101, don't ever do this. All right, they didn't teach us this in preacher school. Oh, that's so much better. But Jesus didn't wake up. Here's what Jesus didn't do, okay? I want you to get this. Jesus didn't wake up and say, hey, you didn't pray the prayer right. So, no peace for you. (laughs) Come back next year. Nope, no answer for you. Not until you say the right words. Now I'm going to take my nap and let's see you get it right. Did he do that? No, 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 no. This might be the worst prayer ever in Scripture. Really? Yeah, Jesus answered it. You know what that frees you up to know? You don't have to get it right. You don't have to impress Jesus with your verbiage. You don't have to throw in the King James words to make him say, ooh. He's serious. You don't have to do that. You could just come to Jesus and you could just say, Jesus, I don't get this. Do you care? And don't worry, he's not going to strike you down with leprosy. Jesus can handle you. He can handle your honesty. He could handle your questioning. He could handle your doubts. He's got it all. And that, what I would call horrible prayer, was enough for the last point, for peace. Peace. Listen to these three last verses in our text. This is after they pray that incredible prayer. And it says, he got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The King James says, that, that's, that was the first version I ever read. King James says, he got up and he said, peace be still. Part of me thinks he said that while he was still waking up. Be still. <laughs> that was nothing for Jesus to take care of. Jesus spoke to the storm and peace came. But don't miss this. Don't miss. Because a lot of Christians, we miss this next part, and it's really important. 
Because Jesus not only spoke to the storm, he spoke to the disciples. And peace came then too. Don't don't miss this. You see, every time Jesus speaks to your storm, he also has something to say to us. Always. And, and we've, been, we've been brought up in this American form of Christianity that is all about getting our blessing and, and Jesus answering our prayers. And, and yes, absolutely, we believe in that, but there's so much more. Because could it be, could it be that, yes, he'll speak to the storm and he'll give peace and he'll calm down the winds and he'll cause the waves to die down, but he also wants to deal with, his, with the storm that's still in our hearts. Oh, don't miss that. He also wants us to deal with the storm that might still be in our hearts. And he said, okay, guys, I took care of the storm. I took care of the wind. I took care of the waves. I took care of this stuff that was really, really frightening you. But now on to you. I want to do a work in you. Guys, you need to have more faith in me. Jesus has something to say to your storm, but he also has something to say to you. And how does he do that? Well, sometimes he does it in an environment like this. When we're hearing God's word preached, and he'll speak to us personally. Folks, there have been, I, don't know, I don't know when I shared this, but I've heard back from some of you in, in recent weeks, and you've told me, wow, the Lord really spoke to me, and here's what he said to me. And I'm like, when did I say that? Right? And I know that, you know, sometimes I... My family tells me I go off on some tangents. I just call it the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. (laughs) But here's the amazing thing. Sometimes just sitting in... This is why this is so important right here. Not because the speaker is so great. It's because God is so great and his word is so great. And his word can speak to us in so many different ways. And so could it be that Jesus is not just here to make you feel better, but he also has something to say to you personally. Maybe it's through his Holy Spirit that he speaks to your heart. Maybe as you're reading God's word, it's like, oh, now this makes sense. Those moments. That's when Jesus speaks to us, and that's when he gives us peace. storms, difficulties. Uh, This morning, I want to give you a chance to go to the Lord and say, Jesus, then you fill in the blank with whatever you want to fill in the blank with because he can handle your prayer. And and, and tell him how you're feeling because he already knows Jesus isn't going to go, what? He never says that. So pour your heart out to him. But I'm begging you, don't just stop there. Listen. Listen. The lightning's done. The the, the wind died down. What's he saying to you? Or, or maybe he just wants to say something to you while you're still getting wet. 
Maybe he wants to say something to you before the storm even gets calmed. Maybe he has something to say to you this morning. What is he saying? Jesus wants to speak to your storm. And he wants to speak to your spirit. Will you let him today? Can we stand, all of us? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would help you. Because some of you, I think, are in that boat right now. Whatever your boat looks like, whatever your storm looks like, some of you are there right now, and, and you need to cry out to the Lord. I, I want to give you that opportunity today. And it may not be the most faith-filled prayer you've ever prayed, but we just give God total honesty today. He'll hear you. But then, would you put yourself in a position to listen? So maybe, maybe, could it be that there's a whole lot less talking on your part and a whole lot more on his to you? So this morning, I want to pray for every person facing a storm that Jesus, Jesus, would not only bring peace to your storm, but peace to your spirit. So I'm going to give you a chance to pray. When you're done praying, I want to turn you loose. Just uh, be alone with God. So Jesus, different storms represented in different ways by different people in here. Some of us were facing issues that maybe nobody else knows about. Maybe issues that no one else can imagine. Lord, I pray that your people would not be beaten up by the enemy saying that this is because of something they've done. But God, I pray that we would know that sometimes difficult times will happen to those of us who follow you, who obey you. But Lord, in that situation, we pray, we pray to you. And, and we're, we're in a few moments, we're just going to give you some honest prayers. We're just going to pray whatever's on our heart to you, Lord God. But I, I also pray that before we walk out of this place, God, that we would, that we would consider what you have to say to us. Maybe we don't trust you enough. Maybe we're too angry. Maybe we have given up way too soon. Maybe our attitude needs to adjust it. But, but God, in the midst of the storm, would you speak to us? And make us better followers of you. So God, in these next few moments, I ask you that you would do that. We commit this to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we do this. Amen. If you want to pray at this altar, maybe you want to pray at your seat. When God releases you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.